We will write y'all. We will write. Even when it went wrong, we will write. We was right, y'all. We will write. So say the name. Say the name. We will write y'all. We will write. Even when it went wrong, we will write. We will write y'all. We will write. So say the name. Say the name. Say the name. Happy Monday and welcome to Not Boring. That song is called Say the Name, parentheses, We Were Right, and it refers to the process, the three-year period that the Philadelphia 76ers underwent under Sam Hinkie between 2013 and 2016, turning them from a mediocre team into a contender. And we'll get to that, but this is an important week here in the United States. With nearly 100 million early votes already in, tomorrow is officially election day. If you haven't voted already, let this serve as one of hundreds of reminders you'll get today across the internet. Vote. You can find the nearest polling place or early voting locations at vote.org. Because it's not a normal week, I'm not going to write about a normal post today. I'll keep it shorter and sweet and highlight leadership lessons from my favorite piece of writing, former Philadelphia 76ers GM Sam Hinkie's resignation letter. I'm a huge Sixers fan, so I'm biased, but I promise you don't even need to know what basketball is to appreciate Sam Hinkie, the process, and the courage to do the hard thing in the face of ridicule. As one former Sixers colleague told SI, Hinkie's approach could be applied to a draft, or an apartment search, or a dating website. I've been wanting to write about the letter for a while, and this week is right for two reasons. First, last week, the Sixers hired former Rockets GM Daryl Morey to become their president of basketball operations. Maury made waves last year when he tweeted in solidarity with the Hong Kong protesters, but for our purposes, what's relevant is that Hinky was Maury's protege in Houston before he joined the Sixers. As ESPN's Pablo Torre put it, the Philadelphia 76ers kind of just hired their ex-wife's older sister. With Maury and new coach Doc Rivers, the post-process era is officially over, and it's a great time to revisit the process. Second, tomorrow, the United States is electing a hopefully new president. It's a good time to reflect on what makes a good leader, and Hinckley's stoicism and peaceful transition out of the Sixers organization is an example that I hope Trump follows. Of course, I abhor Trump because I think he's morally bankrupt and is willing to destroy democracy for personal gain. But even if you're willing to accept his personal flaws, he's also an inexcusably short-term thinker, constantly trading what's popular with his supporters today, even for what's in their best interest tomorrow. He's the opposite of Sam Hinckley. No complex organization can survive a leader incapable of recognizing the long-term implications of their actions, including the United States. Vote. All right, let's get to it. Trust the process. For 1,062 painful and glorious days between May 10th, 2013 and April 6th, 2016, my hometown, Philadelphia, transformed. Known as the type of people who booed Santa Claus, Philly fans started talking about such highbrow concepts as undervalued assets, probabilities, and compounding. Always the heart of pro sports, Philly became the brain. The reason? Sam Hinkie and the process. In two ways to predict the future, I compared two different types of leaders, world builders and shot callers. Shot callers attack big, obvious markets and use brute force and big budgets to win. Shot callers are like athletes. Joe Namath guaranteed a Super Bowl victory, Babe Ruth literally called his shot, and the Yankees spend their way into contention every year. In the business world, Quibi was a shot caller. It thought it could use a $1.75 billion war chest to storm in and own mobile video. It was wrong. World builders see the way the world should be in the future, lay out a clear vision and unintuitive plan to get there, 
and patiently execute for years or decades to achieve it, often in the face of vociferous criticism. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Curtis Henry Ward, and Stripes Collison brothers are world builders. Hinky is a world builder. Hinky's process, his three-year term as a Sixers GM, is textbook world building. He had a vision for an NBA championship in Philadelphia, charted a probabilistic path to get there, and then did the unconventional, criticism-attracting things required to make it happen. More impressively, he was a world builder in a league full of shot callers. Tech CEOs are supposed to be crazy and future-focused. NBA GMs are supposed to win now. If Hinky's process is textbook world building, his resignation letter is the world building textbook. It's a rare glimpse into the thinking behind a genius leader's strategy midstream at a moment in time in which the process was ongoing and the outcome still to be determined, but when Hinky had no NDA to honor, the letter was supposed to be private, and no fucks to give. The letter doesn't seem like it was written by a sports guy. It was much more similar to a Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett letter. If Bezos and Buffett retired, and no longer had any trade secrets to protect. The lessons in it are as applicable to investing and company building as they are to building an NBA contender. That makes sense. Sam Hinkie isn't like most sports guys. Who is Sam Hinkie? Sam Hinkie sits at the center of my personal interest Venn diagram, Philly sports, tech, and investing. Hinkie's path isn't like most NBA GMs. He didn't play pro ball or even college. He didn't work his way up through the ranks. He wasn't a traditional, quote, basketball guy. His path looked more like an investor's, a skill set he brought to bear on the league full of basketball guys. After graduating from the University of Oklahoma in Y2K, Hinky spent two years consulting at Bain and another in private equity before getting his MBA at Stanford and heading to the Houston Rockets. There, he served as special assistant to the GM, Daryl Morey, the founder of the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference that is the heartbeat of the advanced metrics movement. Maury and Hinkie built a culture and strategy around using statistics and analytical thinking in a league in which most decisions were made based on eye tests by basketball guys. Maury and Hinkie accumulated undervalued assets to increase the probability of parlaying them into the big stars necessary to succeed in the NBA. Hinkie took his talents to the Philadelphia 76ers in 2013, where he undertook one of the most ambitious experiments in NBA history, the process. When the Sixers hired Hinky, it turned rooting for the Sixers from an exercise in futility, frustration, and booze into a quasi-intellectual pursuit. In the eyes of the fans, Hinky transformed from a stats guy to a cult hero. Hinky is a larger-than-life legend among a certain type of Sixers fans, who got it before anyone else. Anytime we landed a high draft pick or won a game or advanced in the playoffs, that group shouted, we were right, proud that we could understand the long game when no one else could. The league and Sixers ownership, on the other hand, didn't get it. After 2.91 years in Philly, Hinky was out. But people in other fields did. He crossed over seamlessly into the world of tech and investing, where he now runs a venture capital firm. I remember where I was when I knew he crossed over, walking across the Manhattan Bridge on my way home from work on a sunny May day, smiling as Hinky dropped bombs on Invest Like the Best. It felt like my world's colliding. Investors appreciate our guy too. We were right. On Friday, after the Sixers hired Hinky's friend and former boss, Daryl Morey, Hinky did a rare interview with Pablo Torres from ESPN. Worlds collided again. Startup people appreciate our guy too. We were right. Lux Capital co-founder Josh Wolf tweeted, trust the podcast, trust the process. Ludlow Ventures' Blake Robbins tweeted that Hinky is by far one of the smartest and most genuine people that he's ever met and said that there's no one better at identifying and betting on young talent. It's that skill, along with a freakishly analytical mind and humble courage that translates so well from sports to tech and investing. 
Now, he's putting those skills to test in a new arena. In April, he raised $50 million for a new venture fund called 87 Capital, which we will manage while continuing to teach courses on negotiation and sports business management at Stanford GSB. Hinky's approach translates across industries, from sports to tech to investing, and beyond, and he's willing to make the moves that he thinks are right, even if they're incredibly unpopular. His tenure with the Sixers and the resignation letter he wrote to end it are chock full of lessons for anyone operating or investing in a competitive environment with limited resources. Take the long view, differentiate, and of course, trust the process. The process. When Sam Hinkie arrived in Philadelphia, the Sixers were the worst thing an NBA team could be. Mediocre. They finished the 2012-2013 NBA season with 34 wins and 48 losses. Even worse, the team had a barren roster and no hope. As Sam Hinkie told ownership, reflecting back three years later, your crops had been eaten. The Sixers owners, private equity people themselves, brought in an unconventional savior to shake things up, Hinkie. Hinkie's approach in Philadelphia was as unconventional as his background. Sports Illustrated described it like this, quote, Hinkie shed his best players and built the Sixers to lose, and then lose some more. For his first act, on the night of the 2013 NBA draft, he traded away the Sixers' one all-star, Drew Holiday, for Nerlens Noel, a rookie center coming off an ACL injury, and a future draft pick. Not a popular way to start. The trade was emblematic of Hinkie's approach to the next three years, which players and fans alike began calling the process. The goal was excellence, not in the moment or the next season or even the one after that. Franchises don't turn that quickly, but at some point, when the probabilities overwhelmed luck. Good today was out. Terrible today for the chance to be excellent in the future was in. That long-term thinking led Hinkie to do things that critics thought crazy and even wrong, including, but not limited to, trading away good veterans to make the team worse in the short term, increasing the probability of landing high draft picks that could turn into franchise-changing superstars, stockpiling tons of second-round picks, which Hinkie viewed as one of the most undervalued assets in the league, and maintaining cap space, signing injured players who wouldn't be able to play for entire seasons, and drafting foreign foreign players and stashing them overseas where they would continue to develop for years before finally being able to play a game for the Sixers. The Sixers during the process were terrible. They set a league record of 28 straight losses during the 2014-2015 season. They were even worse in 2015-2016, racking up just 10 wins. But being terrible gave the Sixers hope. The NBA strives for parity, so the worst teams get more ping-pong balls in the draft lottery, giving them a higher probability of picking first. The Cavs were terrible in 2002-2003, too, and that got them LeBron James. Hinky was gunning for a similar outcome. The Sixers landed the number three pick in 2014 and 2015, and the number one pick in 2016 and 2017. They drafted Joel Embiid, Jalil Okafor, Ben Simmons, and Markel Fultz, two busts and two superstars. Before Hinky could see the fruits of his labor blossom, though, he was out. Sixers' ownership, prodded by a league office fed up with the losing, pushed Hinky out in April 2016. He was partially to blame. He didn't even attempt to control the narrative, shying away from the media in order to keep his light under a bushel and his secrets away from competitors. But he was also right. After he left, something magical started happening. While the team botched the Okafor pick under Hinky and traded up to pick faults under Brian Colangelo in a move that Hinky never would have made, the process landed them two cornerstone, super, cornerstone superstars in Embiid and Simmons. In 2017-2018 and 2018-2019, the Sixers made the Eastern Conference semifinals and were a Kawhi Leonard lucky bounce away from the Eastern Conference Finals. The Sixers' win chart over that period looks like a J-curve, which occurs when a company spends up front on something that will take a long time to pay off, but when it does pay off, it pays off really well. The process worked. 
The Sixers haven't won an NBA championship yet, but the probability of their winning one has been higher over the past few seasons than if they had kept fighting conventionally from a position of mediocrity. And if you want to go deeper on the process, I got you. One of the first things that I ever published online in May 2019 was the first online course on the process. There's a link at notboring.substack.com. Because sports are so public and the outcome so clear, the process provides a clean case study in world building. Let's dive into its lessons. Seven lessons from Sam Hinkie's resignation letter. On his way out, Hinkie wrote a letter to Sixers ownership explaining the thinking behind the process. He included ideas from diverse influences, from physicist James Clerk Maxwell to investor Seth Klarman to evolutionary theorist Charles Darwin, because, he wrote, cross-pollinating ideas from other contexts is far, far better than attempting to solve our problems in basketball as if no one has ever faced anything similar. The reverse is also true. Cross-pollinating ideas from Hinky's time in basketball is far, far better than attempting to solve all of our problems in business as if no one has ever faced anything similar. Fortunately, someone leaked Hinky's resignation letter. Here are my seven favorite lessons from the letter and six quick hits from more recent interviews with Hinky. One, take the longest view in the room. Taking the longest view in the room means acquiring underpriced assets and building underappreciated capabilities today, knowing that they'll pay off far in the future when it's too late for everyone else to catch up. It's the most important lesson because the long view unlocks all of the other moves we'll discuss. My favorite companies take the longest views. Amazon, Snap, Slack, Spotify, Stripe. In Stripe, the internet's most undervalued company, I quoted Stripe CEO Patrick Collison, who said of Amazon's Jeff Bezos, there's something quite deep about the notion of using